All right, guys, welcome back to the Run It Back podcast. This is going to be episode four. We are now at the Bahrain Grand Prix. I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Joy. Uh, Wes, radio check, please. Run It Back Nation, this is Wes. How are we doing this week? Hey, hey, hey. How, how are you been, man? You know, after spending a whole day eating more than I usually do, uh, <laughs> Um, surprisingly, I am more energetic than ever to talk Formula One and boxing with my uh, main man. Hey, hey, absolutely. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone that's listening out there. Okay, cool. So, yeah, man. Uh, so, we're going back to Bahrain. Well, not back to Bahrain, but we're finally in Bahrain. Um, this, we're going to have two races, two race weeks for Bahrain. Uh, this is going to be exciting. I, I actually like Bahrain um I love the track um I actually don't remember the name of the track but uh yeah uh share like one of your fondest memories of the the track of the Bahrain Grand Prix well Joy before I get into my fondest memory uh it is called the Sakir International Circuit ah there you go there (laughs) I got you Joy yeah thank you thank you um fondest memory uh so I I'm relatively uh new to the Formula One game. So for those that have been paying attention, my Formula One experience is pretty spotty, but more consistent as of late. But uh, my fondest memory is uh, watching Leclerc having that hell of a weekend in 2019, only to have it taken away from a Ferrari failure. (laughs) And that's when we started to see kind of Ferrari downturn a little bit. Right. Um, They looked human rather right um and of course that was a a christmas gift to uh lewis right. early christmas gift rather and um the biggest thing about that was that uh that was the race where myself and pretty much everyone else that i lived with was watching with me mm. and they were trying to understand what was going on okay um and uh you know that's when they found out that racing is or formula 1 racing rather is more than just Lewis Hamilton and that's (laughs) when I knew Formula One is just more than Lewis Hamilton so that's my fondest memory of the Bahrain Grand Prix how about you Joy yeah absolutely so uh we actually kind of shared the same race uh however my memory about the Bahrain Grand Prix of of course we're gonna share the same race but uh yeah like uh pretty much um it's the same race uh it was like last year uh, but my fondest memory is more centered around uh, my brother. Um, it is, it was his very first F1 race that uh, he's ever watched with me live. And um, at that time, I was getting ready to go to work. But he kind of saw this and he, he kind of saw the race going on and unfold. And he thought it was very interesting. And so he thought uh, maybe he should watch it, rewatch it again while I was at work. And um, I come home and he's like, I'm in love with it. You know, he's... Uh, I come home and like he's just been like researching and yeah like now you know he's a huge Formula One fan he's a huge Charlotte Leclerc fan um, you know it, it was it, it's, it's interesting how um, Ferrari pretty much captured his, his heart in the fr- very first race all, even though they didn't finish but uh, but yeah uh, sad time for Leclerc but um, I, I feel like this, this track kind of brings a lot of fond memories for us um but yeah, I believe Leclerc had like a MGUK problem at that race. So yes, it was uh, something with his uh, 
hybrid right. part of the engine right, and right. uh yeah it was just really it was just really weird yeah right? yeah because yeah. they said uh, it took about i think 180 horsepower away from his uh car yeah and that is a lot that's to a lose lot absolutely in, in f1 so yeah but you know joy that is a very awesome memory um and for those that are listening i guess you can now uh, infer that formula one is a family affair right that so, everyone in the family can watch right absolutely. i'm sure you all knew that but you know just saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely uh formula one is a lot more fun with uh other people you know um for a while I, I was just pretty much the only one in my family that watched formula one so no one really understood uh why i was up at five o'clock in the morning every sunday so or every saturday every saturday and sunday as well but yeah uh let's move on to um the bulls and the bears so this is pretty much a segment where we pick the um bulls and the bears this has pretty much um kind of a economics terminology right um and so we're gonna pick the bulls which which is pretty much the the drivers that we think we're, are going to do well, and then the bears that are the drivers that are not going to do so well. Um, cool. Let's start uh, with yours, Wes. Not to check you again, Joy, but I think you meant trading. Trading, trading. <laughs> uh, soon everyone's going to pick on me as the guy that always checks Joy. <laughs> You're, uh, but, hey, I don't mind. I don't mind. But anyway, yes, bulls and bears. Bulls are the ones to watch. Bears are the ones that are not to yeah. watch. Bulls for me. Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, Sebastian Vettel. One Mercedes, two Ferraris. Why? Mm, interesting. Defending champion, defending winner. Why not? It's his race to lose, if you ask me. Okay. And, you know, on a high-speed track, the car is so damn good. Right. Guy's got racecraft, bright lights. In uh, Bahrain uh, local time, it's prime time. When you're the best, you want to go out. And show everyone why you're the best. Right. And that's why I have Lewis up there. Now I got the two Ferraris with him in Charles Leclerc and Sebastian mm-hmm. Vettel. Why? Mattia Binotto is sitting out again. <laughs> and like I said in the last episode, Formula One internet went nuts when Vettel got his podium. Right. And like to correlate it with uh, Mattia not being there. Of course, my theory of Mattia not being there is that He's working on the contender, and they better show up big next year. But given the success that they had last year at this track, I could see it coming again. Even with Matias' absence, I could see them uh, going in there with nothing to lose. And the one with nothing to lose can be the most dangerous. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, that's very interesting. So the way you have it, if Leclerc and Vettel take two and three, I think they're actually going to take the lead into the best of the rest. That'll be that'll be interesting to see. Uh, to be honest with you, Joy, I have Leclerc in the podium, but I have Vettel on the outside looking in. Oh, so oh P4, okay, okay, P5. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I keep thinking this is like a, a podium. I don't know. I'm 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 very lost today, as you can tell. But yeah, uh, let's move on with your uh, with your bears. My bears, Valtteri Bottas, Esteban Ocon, Kevin Magnussen, one Mercedes, one Renault, one Haas. Mm. Why? Well, Botas at this point now is under the acceptance of uh, being out of contention for the world championship. 
Do I think he could uh, kill it at practice? Perhaps. <laughs> but does that matter at the end of the day? No. And, you know, he might end up in the podium for all I know. Right. But he's shown again why he can't compete with Lewis. Right. And I don't think he, was, he did that well last year either in uh, the Bahrain GP. Am I correct, Joy? Uh, yeah, you are correct. Um, they were about, I think, five, ten seconds uh, apart from each other, but still, that's that's a lot. Okay. So, there you go. Uh, Esteban Alcon. Well, you know, we haven't seen much of Alcon lately anyway. Right. And, of course, Renault had bad luck there last year. Not saying that it's going to happen again. Right. But, of course, you know... Do you think he's going to finish the race? I do. Okay, okay. Good. Just I not a, just not in a good position. Not in a position to where Renault can uh, defend that uh, place that they're at with uh, McLaren and okay. Racing Point. Okay. Um, of course, I feel like uh, Ricardo is going to carry Renault this week. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Magnussen. Magnussen's probably my safest pick. Um, Haas. Haas <laughs> is a nobody this year. Right. And, um, you know... Granted, to me, if you ask me, he's the better of the two drivers at Haas. But with uh, with their car and this being a power track, I don't see I don't see, a, I don't see a, a them doing anything special, mm. even with the Ferrari unit in the back. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. I think uh, I think you did hit a hit a point on Bottas and uh, Ocon. I think in terms of Magnussen, there's no way. I mean, the only way is up for Magnuson at this point. So, so yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, my bulls uh, that I've chosen for this uh, Bahrain Grand Prix week um, is going to be Verstappen, Ricardo, and Russell, right? Uh, I think Verstappen is going to be strong again. I think he's probably going to be second. Um, I don't expect Bottas to... I think Bottas will finish in third, but... Again, he's. It's not gonna be like you know, a masterclass from Bottas, um, and so yeah, I think Verstappen, you know, Red Bull have gotten used to kind of just putting him out in um, a different strategy from the Mercedes. So if the Mercedes go into like softs in Q2, they're gonna have to stay with the softs throughout the the first stint of the race. I think they're just gonna send Verstappen in the mediums just to kind of throw a you know, a change, throw throw some caution into the wind. Um, I think Ricardo will do good. Um, you hit on this a little bit, Wesley, like um, Ricardo, you expect Ricardo to be carrying the Renault team. Uh, I think he's going to continue to do it in this um, the race. I think maybe P5 is probably what he's going to do best. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think, uh, I think the Renaults are, they're quite strong this year. Uh, quite all around in the corners and in the in the straights, but we'll see. Um, and George Russell, uh, I always pick George Russell. I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a huge believer of him, but uh, maybe perhaps this is the week. Um, he actually was quoted um, in an interview saying that uh, Bahrain might be a wacky race, like it might mm -hmm. be a very silly race where we might see some um, some strange finishes or strange results uh, but yeah perhaps this is going to be russell's time right uh the mercedes engine 
it's a power track so you're definitely gonna need that especially for uh next week so we'll see uh and so for my uh bears i have albon perez and giovinazzi so why did i choose albon well i mean i, th I think that's pretty safe um, I don't think he's going to perform up to the level even at this stage of um, the season. I don't think uh, a lot of people said that uh, Albon perform, performed really well in Turkey. I think he did. Uh, he did perform well. But, you know, again, we, he had an opportunity to win the race. Just couldn't capitalize on it. Spun as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, Perez, I don't think um, I just don't feel like he's going to do well. I feel like whenever Perez does incredible, he kind of just, right after that, he kind of just uh, goes back to just fighting in the midfield, just making sure that he's he's king in the midfield. And I think uh, I think in this case, Perez, to me, to me, does it seem like to me, but like uh, Perez always gets tangled up in like the first lap with someone else, and it kind of ruins his race. So that's why I chose I choose him. I feel like maybe um, he's going to be a little bit more confident with the podium. He's going to try to be a little bit more aggressive, trying to go on the inside. He'll, he'll probably make contact. Um, same goes for a lot of drivers that, that are on the grid. And uh, Giovinazzi, I don't think he's going to do particularly well this week. I do think he does really well on like the more straightforward tracks. I'm not saying the tracks with the most straights, but the more, you know, it's not too complicated like um austria and monza that's where it seems like giovanazzi seems to do his best and i think perhaps the second layout of the bahrain grand prix will suit him a little bit more um but yeah i, I think the the bahrain grand prix the the first setup that we have it as of now in this weekend uh, i think it's gonna be interesting so but i, I think giovanazzi is gonna struggle so yeah any thoughts Wes? um no, well, other than uh, well, actually, I do. Okay. Uh, Perez, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, he always finds himself in a tangle with somebody. Right. Um, I mean, granted, it also could be because of grid position. Right. Absolutely. He looks like he looks like one of those drivers that would perform better if he was a little bit higher up right. in the grid. Yeah. I agree. Um, and uh, yeah, um, he seems to find himself in situations where there's contact. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, same with the other two, Albon and Giovinazzi. Uh, I don't expect them to overwhelm anybody. Yeah. I think they're going to underwhelm. Uh, okay. Of course, you know, we can only pick three, right? right. So I always, I've always uh, felt that um, – you hit it right on the head, Wes. Um, I don't, I've always felt that Perez wasn't the strongest wheel-to-wheel -wheel racer. You know, he doesn't have that kind of um, – that mentality or that instinct to race wheel-to-wheel, -wheel, like, two inches. So, uh, yeah, I think that's where he struggles the most, to be honest. Sure. I mean, yeah. And outside of that, I don't have anything else. Yeah. I think these are these are really good. Cool. Thank you for sharing. Uh, yeah. And cool. Now let's move on to um, one of our other segments called Hot Laps, right? This is where we're going to share uh, the latest F1 news and rumors. Uh, to be honest with you guys, uh, there wasn't a lot of news and rumors uh, this week. I actually thought that they were going to announce at this week they should have announced um, Schumacher or Mazepin and Mazepin at Haas but there's they seem to be holding off on that a little bit more they're probably going to announce it at the end of the season at this point um, but yeah uh, cool um, 
Wes, what is your hot lap? My hot lap is that Checo Perez wouldn't mind sitting out if no seat is available for next year. Mm. So at this point, uh, Sergio Perez only has one option, and that's Red Bull. Right. Right. So, and knowing Red Bull, Red Bull is in a little bit of a uh, rock and a hard place when it comes to deciding who their driver is going to be alongside Max for next year. Mm. Uh, they could stick with Albon. They could go with someone like Checo Perez. Right. Or Nico Hulkenberg, or dilly dally around in their system, <laughs> which looks to which seems to be broken right now. Uh, yep. Uh, but you know, if you ask me, um, I'm of the opinion that if Perez were to sit out for a year, it would not be good for F1. Okay. I don't think. I mean, granted, you can you can argue that. Eh, well. Uh, with Vettel in his place and whoever's going to be at Red Bull, it's going to be just fine. But, yeah. you know, it's 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 just that what I'm trying to say is you're losing one good driver that is wrongfully out of the competition. Absolutely. And, um, but at the same time, that could actually be the best thing for him. Yeah, absolutely. It gives him time to perhaps reset, maybe... Uh, focus on other opportunities in motorsport that he wants to pursue Mm. and maybe uh, a more lucrative seat could open up um, in the future in the future yeah uh, should he sit out a season but um, part of me does not want him to go if that is what what ends up happening yeah but at the same time I have my opinions on who should have that second Red Bull seat and for now I'll hold my peace on that okay but I don't know. What do you think, Joy? What do you think about Checo Perez? Yeah. Pretty much on the uh, notion of a Red Bull or bust kind of position. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I also want to uh, disclose this. You know, I, I've been quite critical and harsh on Perez. I, I don't think he's the good or he's the, the great driver that everyone thinks he is. I think he's a good driver. I think he's consistent, but I don't think he's he's in the top echelon of drivers. Um, I do agree that uh, it it will be sad to see him leave if there's no seat available for him next season. Um, and you hit it also in the you hit it right on the head. You said um, pretty much it doesn't look as bad because Vettel is replacing him, right? A four-time world champion that that, that never like it never looks bad when uh, a driver like Carlos Sainz gets a chance to drive at a top team like Ferrari. And then thus, you know, kicking out this four-time world champion that's replacing this veteran guy. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't look good. But um, at the same time, we have, or there's rumored to be Nikita Mazepin, who's going to take a, a hot seat, you know. Um, not, to be, not to be harsh on Nikita, but I don't think he's ready just yet. Uh, I think, I thought Perez was going to get that second hot seat. And so... Yeah, um, it seems as though it is Red Bull or bust. Um, I do believe that there are better options for Red Bull. I don't think that they should go with Perez. Um, and yeah, I agree with you, Wes. I, I don't think Perez is the right guy for Red Bull. But yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. I, I just said I had I have my own opinions. I didn't outright say mm, okay. that Perez doesn't deserve a seat. So let me let me check you there again. <laughs> But well, no, um, I said I said he deserves a seat. I just don't think it's at Red Bull. Okay, well, yeah. okay, 
Well, I apologize for the uh, <laughs> misunderstanding. No, no, no. That's 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 okay. Just, I just want to make that clear again. Yeah. That I have opinions on who should have that seat, but yes. Yeah. It, it would be it would be interesting. Yes, he does deserve a seat. It's just going to be interesting where that seat where? would be. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. I. I mean. Yeah. That's that's pretty much it about on uh, Perez. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other rumor is, uh, of course, it's no secret, right? That uh, Magnuson and Grosjean uh, are going to leave Haas. Um, and people are kind of asking Magnuson and Grosjean, you know, where are they going to go? Where are they interested in? And, uh, you know, when the question came up, they were actually interested in joining IndyCar uh, for Haas. Um, perhaps there's been conversations between him and Gene ha- uh, them and Gene Haas. Now, of course, Grosjean, I think he is going to retire this year. I think he's going to retire from, from racing for good. But uh, today, uh, there was a American um, channel. I forgot who it was. Um, but yeah, they said that Magnussen is in talks with IMSA to join IMSA with Chip Ganassi, which is, uh, which is good. I think, I think, uh, think that would be great. I, I would actually like to see Magnussen in an IndyCar, but any opportunities that any formula one former formula one driver gets obviously you know it's great uh we'll, we get to see how these formula one drivers represent formula one uh from other racing disciplines and so yeah i think imza is quite close to formula one now it's not going to be an open wheel uh I, I imagine you know it's going to be a little bit more tight packed right like it's going to be more of an equal spec car racing so yeah um, I'm definitely excited to see if uh, now by the way uh, I just want to point out as well like Magnuson has has denied any of the the claims yet um, I, I think he's kind of just holding off on it uh, for now um, but I think he will go to America he loves America he I think he's going to join IMSA or either IndyCar that's real interesting uh, Joy because um, yeah it 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 is going to be um, an interesting next step for the both of them, right? And it looks like they are going to take their talents over here to the United States. Um, I would argue that IMSA is more comparable to WEC. Right. But, um, you know, it'll be, I don't know. I, I can't really envision it yet, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because they're still on the Formula One grid. Yeah. Uh, but I think that would be a good uh, fit for either driver, whether that's IndyCar or IMSA, hmm. uh, to to do for them, especially if they want to stay active. Now, Grosjean looking to retire, you said? Yes. Uh, that is, that's pretty interesting. Right. Um, granted, I I think it wouldn't be a bad time I don't to think do it so. Would. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it really is crazy to see how, how far that they've come right. in their motorsport careers and they they've been a part of really special formula one situations so uh grosjean i think was with lotus right right mm-hmm. and magnuson has uh had the pleasure of being with mclaren yes um More and of course uh of course uh <laughs> you know it, it's really they've done a lot and you know they're at the end of the day they're good drivers they they, they were good for the sport mm. Uh, despite, uh, especially with Grosjean, despite the the crap that he gets um, 
pretty much uh, this season. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, it's it's gonna be real interesting the next couple uh, weeks to see where they decide to go uh, for their life after Formula One. No, uh, Wes, um, I don't know if you know, because um, uh, I want to ask a question. Do you know which class Chip Ganassi is? Are they in the LMP class of um, of the IMSA? Uh, they could be. I don't follow IMSA too much, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I just know that um, yeah, there's an opportunity for them to, to join IMSA. Yeah, I mean, I've only watched, uh, I've only watched like a few... Uh, few uh races but um yeah i mean it's that daytona 500 (laughs) it's 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 a good it's a good competition and of course ganassi is a big racing name here in america um it is supposed to be dpi vr entry uh, not yeah. sure what that means. I'm not really sure what that means either. It looks yeah. like it looks like an LMP1 car based okay. on what I'm uh, researching here. Okay, so it's a prototype, definitely. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it probably won't be too different for um, for Magnuson. It wouldn't be too much, I, I think, of a challenge. But yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I'll probably I'll probably watch F, um, IMSA if he joins. You know, uh, just to kind of see how he does there. For sure. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, moving on. So, we actually have this new kind of segment. Uh, it's going to be a one-off, uh, obviously. So, it's going to be uh, the F1 draft, right? So, in America, um, we have, you know, the NBA draft, the NFL draft. It's a huge thing, right, for for these young athletes pretty much starting in their careers. Um, you know, they get this opportunity to join a team that's struggling. Um, usually it's usually struggling. Um, and so, yeah, we wanted to go and create this F1 draft based on the F1 talent that there is right now. I guess it's more of a fantasy draft. Uh, right, Wes? Um, and so, and so, yeah, uh, by the way, this is, um, this was inspired by, uh, Tamo F1. Go check out his YouTube channel. Yeah, no, um, it's really, that concept is really cool, um, given that we just had the NBA draft uh, here in the in the States. I believe it was last Wednesday. It or, was. Yeah, yes. last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a lot of uh, flair in that draft too. Um, <laughs> so for our listeners who like basketball, of course, that's the draft that had um, Anthony Edwards, uh, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball go top three in the draft. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be cool to see how uh, we do our Formula One draft. If anything, yeah. it's kind of like the WWE draft. Have you heard about that, Joy? <laughs> they literally redraft the rosters every year for yeah, yeah, WWE, yeah. apparently. Right. And, yeah, it's it would be like that. And, yes, fantasy draft, fantasy however you want to yeah. put it. Um, but yeah, I am excited to do this with you, Joy. Okay, great. Uh, cool. So I will start off, by the way. Uh, so Williams will get the first pick of the draft, right? And so, uh, by the way, we also took into account what teams need. Um, you know, pretty much what teams need. Like, obviously, like if, if there was no constraints within this draft, you're obviously going to go for the biggest talent, right? But that's not that's not realistic. Formula One is 
is a lot more complicated than that. So, right. So for Williams, round one for uh, pick one goes to Sergio Perez. And here's why. Sergio Perez, uh, like I said, he's a good driver. He's a consistent driver. He will, he will drive the very limit of the, the car, right? He won't push the limits of the car, but also what sweetens the deal is that he has massive sponsors that back him up. Um, and that is what Williams seems to really like nowadays. Um, drivers who have a lot of money. Uh, but Sergio is a little bit different. He's more he's experienced and he's got he he's got the money Cool, okay, and then uh, what's are we just gonna go through down? Uh, my yes, round Joy. One? Okay. Yeah, go ahead go do your do your first and I'll, I'll follow you up. Okay, cool 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 so uh, for first round second pick is going to Haas and I have Valtteri Bottas. Now, uh, it's interesting. Uh, we don't actually see Valtteri Bottas as kind of this paid driver or uh, a very a driver that's sponsored a lot. But he's actually sponsored quite well. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Valtteri Bottas brings in a good amount of money. I don't think it's the same level as Sergio Perez. But he's proven himself. He's a race winner. He can constantly hit the podium. Now, I doubt that he's going to do any of those in a Haas. But I think you're definitely going to get uh, a, a great feedback from him uh, if you're a Haas engineer, right? So he could definitely develop the car and he will push the car to to its limit as well. You know, he's not going to push the limit, but he's going he's gonna to stay on the limit of the car. Okay. Alfa Romeo has the third pick for the round, uh, third pick, the third overall pick for the F1 draft. And I think Charles Leclerc, they're going to pick Charles Leclerc. Now, Charles has already had experience with uh, Alfa Romeo. Um, and yeah, like pretty much, you know, it's just within the uh, Ferrari family. I don't think, um, I don't think they're willing to let Charles get past the draft. Um, it's kind of, it would be a little bit scary to see him kind of fall down in the draft, seeing how big and much more competitive the other teams are in front of uh, in front of Alfa Romeo. So I I think Alfa Romeo should just should just stick with what they know. Um, you know, Charles knows Alfa Romeo quite well. So yeah, sticking with Charles Leclerc. Cool. Alpha Tauri. This is going to be interesting. I picked Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly, I think, has proven himself uh, to be a great driver in Formula One. Um, and I think he loves Alpha Tauri. Um, I think Alpha Tauri loves him. Um, I think if he had a choice to, to stay in Alpha Tauri his entire career, he would. But obviously, there's going to be a little bit more opportunities for him in the future if he just keeps, you know pulling out these results so yeah Pierre Gasly um he's still kind of in that junior spot so maybe a little bit more development will help him and then yeah we'll see cool Renault I think Renault is should uh retain Daniel Ricardo right so Daniel Ricardo is well let's just say he's 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 built from a different cloth right he's 
he's i think he is on the on the upper echelon of um formula one or or the drivers in formula one and i think that's where renault is trying to get um renault are trying to build to go in the front of the formula one grid and i think daniel ricardo has proven himself this year with that car um yeah pretty much like he's proven himself with um with himself in that car and that uh the renault the direction that renault want to go is up and i feel like that's where they can achieve it with daniel ricardo okay seventh overall pick is lando norris for mclaren um i think they're gonna stick with um lando norris right he's young he's still got a lot to learn but he's got a lot of pace um you know he he seems to out qualify um science but at the same time he still he will still be able to pull out great results for mclaren um he seems to be the future of mclaren i don't think i don't ever see lando norris ever moving on from mclaren to be honest so i think i think mclaren will pick lando norris and for the eighth pick for Aston Martin, I think they're going to stick with their choice, uh, pretty much what they, they've made early on this year, is Sebastian Vettel. I think Sebastian Vettel um, just needs a change of scenery. Um, and Aston Martin is a great, great brand. I think he doesn't mind, um, you know, coming into a new team that is also, that uh, has set the direction to go up. Uh, and I think Sebastian Vettel being a four-time world champion with a car that has a much more predictable rear end will suit him. I think we're start, we're going to start to see Sebastian Vettel get um, a lot better, a lot more comfortable. We're going to see the old Vettel where he will fight for um, for podium positions. Um, but yeah, I think I think Aston Martin is just a, a good fit for him. Um, they don't really need a lot of money. Uh, they just need a lot of experience in the team. And that's what that's why I picked uh, Sebastian Vettel for Aston Martin. And for Red Bull, right, it's incredible how far this guy has fallen into the round one. But I think they're sticking with their guy, Seb uh, Verstappen, Max Verstappen. Uh, part of the reason why I think they're going to stick with uh, Max Verstappen is because... Well, I mean, not a lot of teams before the Red Bull um, can afford Max. Uh, and, yeah, pretty much, I mean, he's perfect. He's perfect at Red Bull. I think, I don't think Red Bull would either, would like to see Max go away. And I think Max likes the Red Bull program because he's pretty much obliterated every junior driver on the Red Bull program. But, um yeah, I think he's much more comfortable in that um, in that seat at Red Bull. I think he's got a great relationship with Adrian Newey. He's got a great relationship with uh, Christian Horner um, and Helmut Marko. So, yeah, I think Red Bull is just going to keep Max Verstappen. And the last pick for round one is George Russell. I think that Mercedes will pull the trigger on George Russell um to go into the future um i think george russell is going to be the future i think he's going to bring he's going to bring a lot of wins 
for Mercedes. Um, you know, George Russell, to me, he comes off as uh, a perfectionist. So, yeah, absolutely. I think George Russell is going gonna, is gonna to finish off the the round one for pick uh, pick 10. Um, by the way, I forgot to mention the pick five. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I think yeah. you forgot Ferrari, dude. <laughs> for pick five for Ferrari, uh, I think they will go with Lewis Hamilton. Now, Lewis Hamilton, um, I think the reason why they're going to go with Lewis Hamilton is because Ferrari doesn't really need any more sponsors. They don't really need a driver that's on the on the rise right they want a driver to be good right now and that's pretty much enzo ferrari's um philosophy right he's not gonna put you on his team so he could develop you as a driver he wants the best drivers to drive his car and right now lewis is the best driver so i think ferrari would definitely take uh, lewis hamilton which is this huge deal Right, because uh, Ferrari are number five on the pick on the draft. On um, so, yeah, I think they're gonna choose Lewis Hamilton. All right, Wes, your first round. All right, my first round. Uh, I will go. I will actually take a different line and go with my justifications at the end. Hmm. But um, I hope you all like it. Chances are you all might be disappointed, but who cares? Here we go. For me, Williams takes Valtteri Bottas, mm. followed by Checo Perez going to Haas, Charles Leclerc going third overall to Alfa Romeo, Pierre Gasly going fourth to Alfa Tori, uh, pick five, Lewis going to Ferrari, Daniel Ricciardo going to Renault at pick six, Lando to McLaren at pick seven, Sebastian Vettel to Aston Martin, pick eight. Max Verstappen, Red Bull, pick nine. George Russell, pick ten. Do we have a correlation here? <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's just the first two where uh, we had disagreements, but yeah. Almost consensus. So um, so I'll break it down. Yeah. Picks one through three. Valtteri Bottas, Checo Perez, Charles Leclerc. For... People like Leclerc and Botas, they've been with those teams before, right? So they would fit in with that culture already. And at the same time, they are value drivers. They are so darn good. Right. But they don't come at a too high of a price point. Right. Um, and, of course, you know, they are willing to put those cars in the best position possible. Um, with Checo Perez, yeah, he comes with a lot of money, which is Haas, which is something that Haas needs. Right. But at the same time, he also gets to represent a team that is from the same continent as him, mm. North American uh, guy. You know, with uh, the team being from the U.S. and Checo being from Mexico, mm. it kind of it kind of works out politically in a way, uh, and uh, he, he gives the Haas the monetary needs that uh, it requires. Mm. Um, for five six and seven so four pierre gasly five lewis six daniel ricardo seven lando norris um same thing this season we've seen pierre gasly excel at alpha tori so it, it only makes sense that uh the red bull junior team here gets a guy that fits their philosophy again and comes at a fair price hmm. lewis hamilton best available big name big budget everything big <laughs> i think that's 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 pretty much all that needs to be put out there right daniel ricardo 
this season, Renault sees that they finally they got their guy. Unfortunately, th- that won't be the case next season. However, it we can see what could have been had uh, Daniel Ricardo decided to stay with Renault and Renault decided, or not decided, but rather uh, Renault maintained to keep improving, hmm. right? Lando Norris. I think uh, I think McLaren hit the gold mine when they first signed the Lando on, right? Young, charismatic individual, and but has the maturity to carry such a big name. And and you know he's a good talent. He's a really good talent. Guy's got a podium. You know he's come close a couple times uh, through his first two seasons. I think it's a worthy pick at number seven mm. for McLaren. Eight, nine, and ten: Sebastian Vettel, Max Verstappen, George Russell. To me, again, it's much like you said. What you said, Joy. Uh, th- these are the perfect fits for their team. Um, Aston Martin is a big team, big budget, big goals. Guess who happens to be big goals? Sebastian Vettel. Right. Who happens to have also, you know, big achievements? Um, Max Verstappen. I mean, can we can we see him in any other color other than dark blue and red? Exactly. <laughs> Last but not least, George Russell. George Russell is a Mercedes driver through and through. It doesn't matter what what the uh, leaderboard says that he's with Williams doesn't matter in our eyes he's a Mercedes driver yeah pretty much and that's pretty much who he's gonna be once Lewis and Valtteri or or Valtteri Lewis or Valtteri and or Valtteri decide to leave their seats um hence it would be a really easy uh transition or not easy but rather smooth transition from either one of those guys or both of those guys to George and whoever would fill that seat Mm. so that's my summary of the first round Oh my god. It's so it's so crazy how um from three to ten we had it spot on. We had it consensus. Right, exactly. Yeah. So perhaps uh some of these teams are just a little bit more the identity of the, these drivers and the teams are a little bit more um parallel than we thought. Right. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I I do think that the round two is where <laughs> everything just you know, kind of goes everywhere it becomes crazy let's do it okay cool so round two which is pick 11 for williams i have carlos Sainz, and part of the reason why i have carlos Sainz is that he is just like sergio perez brings a lot of money to the team and he also gives you fantastic results um carlos Sainz, i think is a late bloomer um he he's starting to really show how good he is um and how valuable he is to uh formula one teams so i think he's just gonna have a great pairing with uh, sergio perez so yeah uh absolutely i think uh williams carlos signs it's a, i think it's a it's a good fit haas on the other hand right I think for the 12th pick in round two, it will go to Callum Eilat, right? So the very first Formula 2 driver um, that will get a Formula 1 seat is Callum Eilat, right? I think Callum has proved that um, he can 
race, right? He, he's a pretty good wheel-to-wheel uh, -wheel racer, but he can also hold the lead. Um, and he's pretty fast, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Haas is pretty much tied with Ferrari at this point. Um, you know, next season, we, we think that Mick Schumacher is going to go to Haas. Um, that's how much power Ferrari, I think, holds over Haas. So, so yeah, definitely, um, I think Kyle Alat will be the first Formula 2 driver to be drafted uh, by Haas. And pick 13, partnering. Oh, by the way, I think Callum Alat would, uh, would partner Valtteri Bottas quite well as well. But uh, partnering Charles Leclerc and Alfa Romeo is Mick Schumacher. And I've been waiting for this since I've seen Leclerc go to Ferrari, which is weird. Um, because there's this, there seem to be two families within the Ferrari Junior Academy. It's the Leclercs and the Schumachers. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, Leclerc versus uh, Mick, uh, Charles versus Mick. Um, like I said, you know, this these two big families within the Ferrari um, DNA, uh, I think at some point they will clash. Um, but yeah, perhaps we would see it in Alfa Romeo seat, in Alfa Romeo colors. But yeah, uh, I like this pick. Um, I think they're going to get along. Uh, Charles is very hard to kind of disagree with. But I think it, it, I think it's very interesting. Uh, okay. P4, or not P4, uh, 14. For me, partnering Pierre Gasly at AlphaTauri is Yuki Sonoda. So three straight Formula 2 drivers straight out the, straight out the bat. Um, I think Yuki has um, pretty much, he's proven himself to be worthy of a Formula 1 seat. Um, I think he definitely deserves a shot. Um, I don't think AlphaTauri will keep Kvyat or Albon if, you know, if we do get into this fantasy draft. But, uh, yeah, I think Yuki and Pierre, I don't know if they know each other, but I don't think they're going to have any problems with each other. Um, I think it's going to be a good pairing. Again, it's kind of uh, the guy that's defending his team, his junior seat, versus the guy that wants to prove that, you know, he he has what it takes to make it to Formula 1. Not a lot of Japanese drivers get this chance to prove themselves, and I think Yuki will definitely cherish this uh, opportunity. So, yeah, absolutely. Pick 14, Yuki Sonoda. Pick 15 at Ferrari, uh, partnering Lewis Hamilton. Um, I do think that Ferrari would go for the, the old philosophy of number one versus number two driver. Um, and I think Ferrari has already seen how good of a number two driver this guy is. And I think that is Kimi Raikkonen. I think Kimi would be a, a fantastic number two driver for um, Lewis Hamilton. I think Kimi is still fast. You know, he still enjoys Formula One, which is the most important thing. Um, but yeah, you know, Ferrari, he's already been with Ferrari. He's already won with Ferrari. Um, but yeah, I think he'll, he'll once, you know, Kimi, once he sees that he's not as fast as his teammate, 
I think you know he he will he will he will put his guard down, but um, I I don't think he won't like it very much. But I I think at this point in his career, I think he just wants to drive Formula One. Okay, so in pick sixteen, this is where I think I'm gonna lose a lot of people, right? But Renault strike me as a very opportunistic team, right? Um, they're kind of, they're a little brash, um, the, the French, you know, so I think they want to put their money where their mods are or yeah, you know, and so if they want to go up, I think there's only one way to go. And I think they're going to pair these two. I don't think they're going to get along. Um, I think they're going to get along initially, but once they see on track, we'll see. I think it's Ricardo and Fernando Alonso. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna pull off Fernando Alonso. I don't think Renault really care if you have a lot of money as a driver. Um, I think they just want the best drivers that they can get at this very moment. Um, and yeah, Fernando Alonso obviously has had his uh, iconic two World Championships, defeating Michael Schumacher in the Renault. How how incredible would it look to see you know the old dog return to the to the to the team, and there's a new sheriff in town, right? So, yeah, uh, I think uh, there will be fireworks in Red in Renault. So yeah, pick seventeen with uh, McLaren and Lando. I think these two would get along well. Um, Wes, you alluded to this earlier. But I think that if McLaren had a choice, they would choose Kevin Magnuson. I think they would actually give Kevin Magnuson a second chance to prove himself. I think he's already proven himself. He's actually a really good qualifier. Um, and I think that's where Lando is all, lies within his strengths as well in qualifying. So I think it'll be interesting, right? Um, uh, grid place, right? Uh, we'll see how Kevin Magnuson... How, well, we've... Um, we know how Kevin Magnuson is in the race. He's he's kind of a he's yeah he's kind of an a hole, right? He he doesn't give you a lot of space. Um, even Daniel Ricciardo said it, right? Charles Leclerc, you know, doesn't really like how Magnuson defends his position. But I think that's 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 incredible. I think um, I think. McLaren is willing to, you know, give him a second chance. I think he's, I think he's a good driver. I don't think he's, you know, one of the, the elite drivers. But yeah, definitely going there. Um, cool. So pick eighteen. I think this is the only lineup uh, for Aston Martin that is actually gonna happen in real life, and I think that's Lance Stroll. Uh, Lance Stroll has proven himself. Um, pretty well early in the season. I think he's he's a good driver. Um, he's an incredible driver in the wets. Just God forbid the the racing line starts to dry up. But um, but yeah, um, Lance Stroll, I think will be pick eighteen. Funny enough, he wears the number eighteen in his car. But Aston Martin, Sebastian Vettel, Lance Stroll, I think they're gonna do well. Okay, cool. In Red Bull, this is the guy that I actually think should get the Red Bull seat next season. And this might actually possibly be the lineup for next season for Red Bull. 
and that's Nico Hockenberg. I think it's going to be Nico Hockenberg and Max, right? Nico, uh, we know Nico Hockenberg. He's not a driver that has sponsors. So you're pretty much getting him for his skill. Um, you're pretty much getting him for experience, which he doesn't fall short of. So absolutely, I think Nico can definitely bring the challenge to Red Bull. I think, I mean, to Red Bull, to, to Mercedes. I think at this point, um, the lineup that Red Bull has, Mercedes would be a little bit uh, more um, cautious, a little bit more scared, a little bit more intimidated. But yeah, I think that's a great pairing. I think that's a that's a very fantastic um, driver lineup, especially in the front of the grid. Uh, Max and Nico. Cool. So to the last, with Mercedes, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick, I think, would go to Mercedes test driver Stoffel Van Dorn. Uh, well, he's, also, he's not just a test driver. He also drives for Formula E. But I think Stoffel has proven himself in Formula E. And although, you know, he had, he did have a rough patch in McLaren where he was, it was so frustrating to watch him and Fernando go through the McLaren, Renault and the McLaren Honda era. Um, I think Van Dorn, right? He's a GP2 champion, which is a Formula 2 champion. Um, yeah, I mean, he's talented. He, I don't think he just, he just never had the opportunity to show himself. I think this is it with jumping into a top team like Mercedes alongside George Russell. Um, I think they're going to get along. I, I do think they're going to be sometimes where they clash, but yeah, I think that is my F1 draft picks. All right, Wes, take it away. Here we go. And it's going to be a really interesting, um, <laughs> interesting uh, take that I'm going to have here. Okay. Pick 11 to Williams. Nick DeVries. Ooh, okay. Pick 12 to Haas. My guy in uh, F2, Callum Eilert. Oh, okay. We, we picked the same one. Okay, cool. Pick 3 to Alpha, Mick Schumacher. Oh. <laughs> Pick 4 to Alpha Tori. Our other pride and joy, Yuki Tsunoda. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Pick number 5 for Ferrari. Please give him the drink, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> okay. Pick number 6. La Reunion, Carlos Zainz. Ah, okay. Or pick 16, rather. Pick 17. Perhaps if he had a comeback, he would be dangerous, especially with that arrow in the back of his car. Jensen, my friend. Ooh, Jensen Button. Okay. <laughs> pick number 18, Lance Stroll. Okay, next. <laughs> pick number 19, Nico Hulkenberg. Okay. Okay, if that gives away my opinion on that Red Bull seat, so be it. You guys make your own conclusions on that one. And pick 20. Pick 20. Upgrade the backups, Stoffel Van Dorn. Hey. So, justifications, picks 11, 12, and 13. Nick DeVries, I actually thought that he was going to get the seat over uh, Nicholas Latifi. Yeah. And actually, if you ask me, I think he's better than Latifi. I, I, I think so, too. And, um, you know, I think Valtteri is, he looks like the teaching type, so he'd be more than happy to uh, teach a young guy uh, like DeVries uh, how to get around in Formula One. And uh, I think uh, with the new investment group, they would be able to give those two guys a pretty decent car to work mm. with as 
did Valtteri when he was at Williams, right? Right. Okay, number two, Islet. Like I said earlier, Islet is my guy. I mean, I thought he was going to go to Haas at first, but uh, of course, with him being a Ferrari driver, uh, I think he's pretty much plug and play with either uh, Haas or uh, Ferrari. But this is a fantasy draft after all, so I'm going to stick with my fantasies, okay? Mm. <laughs> Mick Schumacher at Alpha. Um, of course, you know, people like to tag Alpha as like the stepping stone to Ferrari mm. or the, I guess, the step a little, let's step a little closer to Ferrari. And uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine next season without a Schumacher on the grid. Right. 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 And I think he's shown, him and Eilat have shown that they look ready right. to take on Formula One. Same with uh, Yuki Sonoda with uh, Alpha Tori. Of course, it'd be very rare to see a. Uh, GP2 guy go to Red Bull right away. Hence, you know, you go to the junior team and uh, uh, AlphaTauri. I don't see Albon coming back. I don't see Kvyat coming back, much like to what you alluded to earlier, Joy. Right. And I think uh, he could be the next best thing um, out of Asia. Number five, that's pretty self-explanatory, Kimi Raikkonen. Like I said, with Lewis, big names, big team, go big, everything big. <laughs> right. Right. Number six or 16 with Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz was actually pretty decent at Renault. Yeah. He I was. think a lot of people forget that. Yeah, they do. And imagine how good he would be with the Renault that's going out there right now. Right. What do you think, Joy? Tell me. I think, he, I think he'd be right there next to Ricardo. Oh, there you go. See? Hence, I have him slipping all the way to the 16th pick, but I think it's a good um, uh, gift for Renault. Uh, 17. Jensen, my friend, I really <laughs> come I out of retirement. I'm really convinced that Jensen actually is good. And I remember watching somewhere that one of the uh, stranger takes that this one uh, guy had F1 writer. I forgot his names and I apologize. But uh, he thought that maybe, maybe just maybe Jensen Button would come back. And, uh, you know, God, I would love that. Jensen is my favorite driver, so. I don't know if Formula One has a Hall of Fame, so please forgive me, uh, <laughs> Run It Back Nation, but Jensen would be a Hall of Famer. Uh, absolutely. First and, ballot. Yeah, and of course, people recognize him for, uh, of course, if you go dig deeper with the BAR. Um, the but, Honda route. Yeah, but of course, you know, he was in McLaren, and um, of course, uh, if, you're, if you all are into cartoons, McLaren tuned. <laughs> uh, Jensen Button, right? And the funny thing is, uh, I have an aunt who lives in England, and when I told her that I like Formula One, she asked me if I like Jensen. Yeah. So I was like, oh. Jensen. Oh, so to her, Lewis is not there yet. Oh, please but, come out of retirement. But yes, please come out of retirement, my friend, and don't piss in any seats. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Uh, should I should I talk about pick eighteen? I'm just kidding. I will. <laughs> I don't I don't think Jerome Stroll would like it if. Uh, nobody selects if his son went undrafted. Oh, you mean Lawrence Stroll? Or I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, Lawrence Stroll. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think he'd like it if his son went undrafted, right? Right. So that's like Lavar Ball <laughs> yelling at somebody. But at this case, Lavar Ball would draft his own son. Yeah, and number one overall. <laughs> number on one top overall. of that. But uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, I'm sorry, Lawrence Stroll. But yeah, of course. At the same time, you should be happy because your son's drafted. Right. Uh, number nine, Nico Hulkenberg. 
I've always thought he was one good car away from being good. Absolutely. Or elite, elite rather. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think the Red Bull car is that car for him. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of putting pen to paper and signing the contract. And I think both can learn off of each other, especially Max. I think he can learn a lot of experience, something youth cannot teach, right? right? Um, and the last but not least, Stoffel Van Dorn. I've always thought Stoffel Van Dorn was good. Yeah. I thought his uh, time at McLaren did not really portray how good he really can be. Right. Of course, it's hard when your teammate's name is Fernando Alonso. Right. And, of course, people might come at me for snubbing him <laughs> out of my draft. But, hey, you know, I think Mercedes, at the same time, is kind of like the uh, Redeemer team ah. on the grid. So you look at Ocon, for example. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I think they, they would have been able to do the same with Stoffel Van Dorn had there been a draft. So, yeah, that rounds out my uh, 11 through 20. So a lot of interesting takes there, Joy. Yeah. I think but another another close one-to-one uh, round for the Absolutely. both of us. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's strange. Uh, we only had three different drivers at this round. Uh, but I'm kind of jealous right now. Um, I wanted, I should have picked Jensen Button to pair up with Lando. Um, it's crazy because uh, they actually get along quite well when they do um, sim racing. So, yeah. Right. And that's the thing, right? Um, with McLaren, I, I have this feeling that McLaren is very particular. Mm. Right? So I couldn't see him. I couldn't let Carlos slip a little bit further. Right. And I wasn't going to let him, him as, as in Lando, sit with Fernando Alonso. Right, right. Yeah. I like if I were Zach Brown and I were drafting or Andreas, I wouldn't want that for my team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no disrespect to Fernando Alonso, but yeah. if we're talking about fits and personality traits, That's it a... wouldn't go. It wouldn't work well with Lando. Absolutely. That's why I think they're perfect with Cyril Beatable. Well, I have signs for Renault. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And you have you have uh, Fernando. I have Fernando. Yeah, Fernando. Yeah, so, so your team might clash heads. All mine Absolutely. might just be mine. Might just be like we're either we're either happy dancing or just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we are back with the Run It Back podcast with Joy and Wes. We are now entering the check hooks segment of our podcast, where we talk about the latest in boxing news, and our first. Story of the night, Triple G is back. That's right. You heard that correctly. Triple G is back. Mm-hmm. He'll be fighting Camille Zarameda, a contender out of Poland with a record of 21 wins, zero losses, and zero draws with five knockouts to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the mandatory challenger for Triple G for the IBF and IBO middleweight championship. The bout will be taking place at the Hard Rock Casino in Hollywood, uh, Florida, and the fight will be picked up by the zone for broadcasting. Mm. Um, if you ask me, Joy, it's a really interesting timing for the fight because the fight is less than a month away. It is a world title fight. Mm. It is a big name in Triple G. I like Triple G. I don't know about you. I love Triple G. There you go. And don't you find it weird that it's a big name, it's a title fight, and it's on a Friday? Who, who, what kind of superstar fights on a Friday? <laughs> I get it, it's prime time, but on a Friday? And to, to, to make matters more interesting, it's right before the Canelo-Callum-Smith fight, 
which is on the 19th (laughs) on saturday so what's going on here are we are we trying to create some kind of build-up for a rematch or maybe it was just some last minute uh scrum to get all the details finalized that i don't know but it's really interesting don't you think on uh, the date of this fight yeah uh, and the implications on it absolutely Absolutely. I think that is the most interesting about this fight. Um, I don't know too much about uh, Zeremeda, um, but it is quite interesting. It seems as though um, it was very rushed. You know, I, I feel like a lot of fighters just want to get back into the ring um, in still within the year of 2020. Perhaps uh, Triple G, perhaps there's something in his contract that did... Uh, you know, constitute in a, mandat- a mandatory challenger, um, that him finding a mandatory challenger for the IBF and IBO middleweight championship. Um, so do you, uh, you brought it up. Do you think that perhaps he just took this fight very early, very fast, um, pretty much just one month of, uh, of preparation? Um, do you think that this is because he needs to get this fight out of the way so he could get clear of a third of a rematch of a third match of uh with canelo well i don't know and i would like to open it up to the listeners what do you all think right um it's it's good really for boxing if you ask me in the middleweight division to Mm -hmm. see that uh arguably the second best middleweight in the game is back in Mm. And, of course, you know, they could be on a crash course uh, to fight again. And by they, I mean Canelo and Triple G. Mm. Um, it makes me wonder what kind of Triple G we're going to get in that fight. Of course, it's a little too early to make predictions, if you ask me. Mm. But um, I yeah. would love to see Triple G after a, a layoff. Absolutely. I want to see how he does, and I want to. I want him to come away with those two belts, so we could see that a uh, big fight with Canelo Alvarez. But uh, for now, that it's still exciting news. Still kind of uh, intrigues me that it's on a weekday. Right. But nonetheless, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, you brought up a great point, uh, Wes. Uh, it's interesting to see what um, which Triple G we're gonna see. Right? Are we gonna see the one that? demolished uh david lemieux or are we gonna see the one that struggled against drevyanchenko um yeah i think it'll be interesting i I, i'm i'm really sad to see uh triple g back um but yeah uh i just want to ask a question was it friday night with joe's tessator back then where he hosted friday night fights um yeah, Joe Tessator was the host of Friday Night Fights when it was uh, a thing. <laughs> Do you um, think he's going to be the host of this one? No, well, right? I don't know. It's DAZN. It, it's DAZN. Ah. So DAZN has their own announcers, and I don't know their those announcers off the top of my head. Okay. But um, all I know is that it's on a Friday, and I've seen that venue before, the Hard Rock Casino. Um, mm. It's the same place that Devin Haney fought Uriorcus Gamboa, I right. believe. And it's it looks like a concert hall, like mm. a concert hall slash... Uh, <laughs> enlarged uh, stand-up uh, comedy club <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah it, it's going to be real interesting to see um, especially with no spectators right. um, but yeah um, more details on that in the coming weeks with Triple G so once again Triple G is back fighting 
Camille Zerameda for the IBF and IBO middleweight championship on December 18th on the zone. So our next story, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Now, if you're a listener of our podcast, you're probably wondering why the hell are we going through this again (laughs) with Wilder going a little crazy. If you ask me and Tyson Fury just sitting there like, eh, I'll just fight till 2021. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what Eddie Hearn or uh, whomever else has to say. I'm I'm doing my I'm doing my thing. <laughs> but what I want to cover here is that uh, the validity of a third match is going to an arbitrator. Mm. Um, that is the news that I got earlier in the week. Uh, Tyson Fury's manager uh, stated that uh, the rematch clause is going to an arbitrator. So. Um, what that means, folks, is that uh, they'll have a judge decide whether that rematch clause is valid. Hmm. And if it turns out that it is valid, Fury would ha- fight Wilder again for a third hmm. time. Now, for those that haven't been following, uh, Fury was supposed to fight um, next month in England. Um, it was supposed to be against the Agit Kabayel, but that got pulled off the table hmm. um, after Tyson Fury tweeted that he was going to fight in 2021. Um, but yes, back to this case, if this case goes through, he, sh- he would have to fight Deontay Wilder a third time. But if it turns out that the clause is invalid, Fury can go on and fight whomever, whether that's with Kabayel again, or mm. Anthony Joshua, um, or some other heavyweight that he wants to, to see in the ring. Um, but yeah, uh, I know we're not particularly legal experts per se, but what do you think about this joy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, I think it's interesting, right? Like there's always, there, there always seems to be like a two sides of the story where, you know, Wilder starts to pretty much make up a lot of the excuses that he's been making, um, why he lost, uh, which pretty much prolongs this wait for, this rematch right and then tyson fury is just kind of just kind of just chilling trying to see uh who he could fight next but he's definitely gonna fight uh next year um and you brought up this great point right like if it does go to the art if it does go to the arbitrator um and fury will have to fight wilder I mean, when is it going to be, right? Like, is it going to be in the middle of 2021? Is it going to be in the summer? Or is it going to be fairly um, fairly soon, like maybe February, if the arbitrator does decide that, that rules that there, there should be a rematch? Um, and other than that, who does Fury, if, um, if the arbitrator deems that it's not necessary, that the rematch... Is it necessary? Should who is Fury gonna fight? I think there's a lot of a lot of suitors out there, um, and then who will Wilder fight? Yeah, uh, and before I get into my little spiel, um, Frank Warren—that's uh, Tyson Fury's manager, mm-hmm. Frank Warren. So Frank Warren reported that the case might, or the case will go to an arbitrator. But um, yes, I think it's a lot of suitors for both gentlemen both fighters mm. uh, of course uh, for me uh, Tyson should go on and fight AJ mm. 
to see who the top dog is in the wel- uh, welterweight heavyweight division. <laughs> um, and for Deontay Wilder, that there's will also... be a that, that'll be a fight I want to watch. Oh, absolutely! I think that's the fight the whole world will want to watch. Would oh, want to watch. Right, right. Um, and of course, you know, for Deontay Wilder, there's a lot of options on the table. Hmm. There's Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz. There's um, Daniel Dubois. Right. Right. And he's fighting Joe Joyce, uh, Daniel Dubois. Hmm. And of course, there's also Joe Joyce. There's also why not try it again with uh, Luis Ortiz? See if Luis Ortiz can uh, crack the puzzle. Dillian White. Dillian White. Derek Chisora. Usyk. <laughs> right. Right. There's a there's a lot of options out there. Well, and those guys could also fight a Tyson Fury too if uh, if it's if it is in uh, the cards. Mm. But yeah, that's where we're at with the uh, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury feud. Mm. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Now, now uh, I've been meaning to ask you, Wes, um, if if it doesn't go through, if the arbitrator does deem that uh, there is no rematch uh, that should take place, and let's say Tyson Fury um, doesn't fight AJ, do you think that AJ should fight uh, Deontay Wilder. I don't see why not. Right. Absolutely. So, I, I, I mean, that's that would be a second fight. Probably my second fight that I want to see. Um, there's so many fights that I want to see, but I, I actually like the the idea of, like, Ruiz versus Wilder, right? They're so... They're quite different. Um, they both have power. It seems as though Ruiz has faster hands. He's more of a combination volume puncher while they're you know you can never count him out with um his right hand his power his power shot so i think that would be a lot closer than people think we've uh i always allude to um louis Luis ortiz versus wilder um so i mean louis ortiz right but i don't think he'll he'll have a third fight with wilder but i would like to see louis ortiz kind of have that shot too Oh, for not, sure. Not with Wilder, but like, you know, with AJ or maybe even uh, Tyson. Oh, for sure. Um, it's a really interesting class, uh, the heavyweight division is. Right. And we just got to wait and see how things uh, shake out. But of course, as a reminder, the big fight or the biggest fight in the heavyweight division right now is going to be Anthony Joshua versus uh, Kurbat Pulev. Uh, Pulev, Pulev. Yes, and that is uh, in December as well. Mm. Uh, I believe it's the 12th, December 12th. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I am real excited for that one. I hope you are too, Joy. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that, that'll that be a real good test for Anthony Joshua. But in the meantime, uh, let's talk about the fight at hand for this week, <laughs> which is Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Mm. We've visited this fight already so many times i think throughout the life of this podcast and what i want to really talk about is the rules mm. well really two things but the first thing i want to get into is the rules joy so the reported rules are eight two minute rounds that we already know mm. 12 ounce gloves okay <laughs> no head guards uh okay <laughs> No knockouts. What? Fight stopped if there's a cut. Okay, that's understandable. No official judges or winner. Uh, 
I, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I wouldn't w- be surprised if uh, they say, like, no official referee also as well. Well, we got two <laughs> more here. WBC have X fighters judging. Okay. And their scores are unofficial. Okay. How much you want to I, bet uh, George Foreman is going to be one of those judges? Or have they announced the judges? Uh, according to the article that I got from The Zone, uh, outside the ring, there will be no judges to score the fight. But instead, the World Boxing Council will host Christy Martin, Vinny Pazienza, and Chad Dawson viewing remotely to z- decide the fight result. Vinny Paz is one of the judges? Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, Vinny Paz, was he was a good boxer. He was a good boxer. I mean, I mean, oh, this doesn't sure. really count. It's an exhibition, so. Right. Yeah. Um, no official winner will be recorded, but the fighter picked by the judges will win a frontline battle belt commission for the event. <laughs> okay, so Joy, I think that means our there's predictions a... go out the window. <laughs> there's so many ju- juxtapositions, right? On. Because you said that Roy Jones was going to knock him out. Right. I said Mike Tyson was going to win on points. Mm. <laughs> So how the hell does that happen if there's no knockouts and there's no points? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'm trying not to, like, lose myself. So I'm, that's why I'm letting you laugh, Joy. But I don't understand. Now, uh, I, I want to ask, 12-ounce uh, gloves is the heaviest, right? It's one of the heaviest gloves that you could wear in boxing. It's one of the heaviest, I believe. Right. Yes. I think 8 ounces is the lightest. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there's no headgear either. There's no headgear. So, I mean, these are 12-ounce gloves. So, like, I mean, I have no doubt that these two fighters can absolutely throw those 12-ounce gloves. And if one of them connect, someone will go down. How do you How do you say, like, so what if someone does get knocked down? Then what happens? I'm sure there's a count. There's a count, right. But it says no knock, no knockouts, right? So you can't get knocked out. Yeah, see that see you see what I'm you see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, yeah. But I don't understand what the it seems like they're supposed to like they said there's going to be a winner. Mm. But it sounds like there's going to be no winner at the same time. <laughs> so, what I'm trying to decide is like do we just like I say or like I've said in past podcasts, um do we just watch it with a objective lens? Right. Because apparently now there's no winner or loser. Right. So I mean, now I guess we're going to have to, like, what are we going to judge on? Like, how well they move at their age? <laughs> this is just going to be, like, it's literally, like, it's an, it's a boxing exhibition, but it's also an exhibition of how much athleticism has withered away from these fighters. You know, maybe. <laughs> I, for whatever reason... I am still kind of stunned, no pun intended, stunned by the rules of this fight that I, it's like, because we're so used, when it comes to boxing, we're so used to picking around who's going to win and how they're going to (laughs) win. Right? Right? Right. And here, it's not letting us do either one of these. Either one of these. So. Yet, uh... yet, uh. Christy Martin, Vinny Paz, and the other guy get a, get a chance to determine that. To determine who who they so, think they win. What? Wait, what? what? Well, okay. Um, okay, I understand that it's not going to be an official fight where it's not going to be counted towards the records. I get that. Like it's an it's an exhibition. But 
you're going to put a rule that says you can't get knocked out, but you're not going to give these guys headgear. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I personally would have preferred if it was just normal boxing rules, but they get to wear headgear. Right. I, I get and, that. Well, what I was, uh, what I was uh, seeing in that article is that both fighters refused headgear. Uh. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, but but if you in in the event of a cut, the fight stops. The fight stops, <laughs> and then the scores are unofficial anyway. So uh, it doesn't really matter because um, in the first round they're gonna have an accidental headbutt, and then the it's gonna be a no contest somehow. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to open this up to the listeners. What do you all think about these rules? Do you think it's complete crap? Do you think it's fair given that? Uh, Roy Jones is in his 50s and Tyson is in his what? Late 50s? 50s he's in as 50s. well? Yeah, he's in his mid-50s, I think. Oh, okay. So, still, like, I mean, okay, I, I get it. Like, um, you know, nobody wants to see any of these guys get hurt because these guys are legend. Sure. And at these, and at this rate, at this, um, at this age, I do understand, like, if they do get hit with something crisp, they, they may they may not be the same after um but then let's just you know let's let's give them headgear let's give them protection it, i don't care if it's a sparring as long as you know it's in the spirit of competition um i, I don't know uh it, it'll be interesting to to watch this fight um i guess we could make our predictions on <laughs> how it stopped because uh, I, I personally don't think this is going to go full. I, I actually think that someone's just going to... Can they actually, can they throw in the towel at least? It sound, I didn't see anything against that, so I <laughs> guess so. Okay, uh, I think I think the fight will stop prematurely. Um, not prematurely, but before the final round for some reason that's not listed below. Okay, uh, <laughs> and I think I will change my uh, uh, d- uh, prediction to uh, yeah a stoppage as well because something odd is going to happen. <laughs> or maybe it's become WWE. There's something that they're hiding from us. <laughs> Just kidding. But another uh, request that I have for the listeners, how would you change the rules? Mm. And maybe, I guess, Joy, if you want to back and forth with me on that too, um, I know you talked about giving them headgear, mm. which I'm full agreement with. But what mm. else would you want to propose? Um, maybe even longer um, time in between rounds, because I mean these guys aren't in their prime. I would probably give them at least three minutes to rest, not just uh, we they only get one minute, right? Of uh, yeah, of regulation corner. is one minute. Yeah, I would give them at least like two and a half. Or three, um, I mean, I thought these were just gonna be the rules that they're gonna like. We we understand that th- these guys aren't gonna be, they're not in their prime, um, you know, they are fifty years old, and we do want to protect them, right? So I thought I would have been fine with a sparring uh, session kind of type fight, you know. None of these guys are gonna get hurt, but I do. I will kind of get to see the spectacle that is Tyson versus Jones. Right. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know about the brakes because, you know, you want to keep it as pure as possible. Okay. Right. But I do want to say put a winner and loser. Right. Make the scores official. <laughs> so okay. what? It's not going to go on their record anyway. Hmm. I mean, I get, okay, maybe that's where that's what they meant by unofficial, right? right it's right. not going to go on their record, but hmm. at least... Uh, get you know, real judges. Get Get judges and... If there is a knockout, so be it. Right. Even if it's technical. Right. Uh, anyway, Tyson versus Jones, November twenty eighth, on pay per view, um, presented by Triller. Uh, so for those <laughs> Are, that is each fighter's uh, is one of their hands tied behind their backs as well. <laughs> we just gotta wait. We just gotta wait and see, <laughs> Joy. But anyway, Tyson versus Jones Jr. Uh, this Saturday, uh, November twenty eighth, on pay per view sponsored by Triller. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, again, with that card, is the one of the undercard fights. Hmm. Um, so for all the basketball fans out there, you all probably have heard of the name Nate Robinson. 5'9 hmm. guy. Ball. Really? <laughs> no, 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 not really. <laughs> anyway, 5'9 guy, uh, known for winning the dunk contest. Um, the guy can really jump. The guy's athletic, too. The mm. guy played football, um, American football, and basketball when he was in college. Did you know that, Joy? I did, yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, the guy's a freak of an athlete, despite his stature. And um, he's fighting against Jake Paul. And for those that watch boxing, that name might be familiar. Uh, the Paul brothers, the YouTube brothers that do a lot of rather controversial things and that's just a nice way to put it mm. on youtube um yeah they'll be fighting on the undercard mm. and i feel like it makes me feel like this whole thing is pretty much celebrity boxing but in 2020 <laughs> yeah exactly and i don't know what to think of it uh I've never seen either one of the Paul brothers box before. Me neither. I didn't even see the big deal that the zone made out of uh, both of them, the Paul brothers before with the uh, KSI and uh, KSI's brother. Um, and yeah, like all I know is that all of a sudden they want to start fighting. And one of them wants to fight Floyd. <laughs> So yeah, I don't even know who it is either. And uh, yeah, and like I said, they make a lot of YouTube videos, mm. borderline controversial YouTube videos. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, and then of course there's Nate Robinson, a basketball player who's looking to box. And uh, I I think for for starters, there's gonna be a height difference. And there's going to be a, a weight uh, difference as well. A right? weight difference and a pretty much an athleticism difference. Right. But I don't know. I I don't want to put a prediction on this fight because uh, I'm I'm stunned. Again, no pun intended. I'm stunned at how this card is set up. <laughs> and they like pretty much set everything up too. They're like going to have all these rap stars, and Neo is going to be singing the national anthem. Oh my god! So they got this all planned out. It's probably the first boxing card I've seen where everything from top to bottom is lined up correct, or not correctly, but rather lined up um, very uh, organized. 
Oh man, uh, what's, uh, just off the top of your head, who was the most like frustrating boxer that you've watched? Like he has so much potential, yet he doesn't, you know, he doesn't take advantage of it. Who's like that boxer for you? Oh, this one's pretty easy for me. Okay, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Oh, perfect, dude. I was about to say the same. Okay, so. We both agree that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has, like, so much potential, yet a lot of times he seems like he's just standing there to get hit. Well, Ima- not only that, he also got his legal troubles, which... Right. No, no, but I'm saying just just, just inside the ring. Oh, for sure. Right. He's, he's quite a frustrating guy, I mean, to watch, boxer to watch. He has the, the length, he has the size, um, he has the, the height. But where I'm going with this is that multiply that by 10, and that's pretty much the boxing fight that we're going to see between Robinson and Paul. Right? Like, these aren't these guys aren't boxers. These guys aren't, you know, trained boxers. Uh, oh, man. I, I don't know. I, I could just imagine them, like, swinging pretty wild, having their hands down, their guard down, just bad boxing fundamentals all around. And I don't know. It's uh, I guess this is what kids want to see nowadays. I I don't know. You can you can thank uh, <laughs> you can thank them and like the zone for making that actually exist, right? Well, in this case, it's Triller, but um, you can thank the zone for getting that idea to start in the first place, and the YouTubers themselves <laughs> to think that boxing each other is gonna figure out which one of them is the better YouTuber, right? Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, a part of me might want to go back and see the full fight replays that the Zone has for the Paul brothers mm. just to see if that um, that notion is true, that maybe their style is more like a street fight or, right, or like yeah. a schoolyard fight. I mean, almost. that's that's how I'm imagining it. I'd rather see, uh, I don't know if you know who White Chocolate is from boxing. I don't know a white chocolate from boxing, but I know the white chocolate from basketball. Okay, it's Nikita Ababi. Ababai. Okay. He's pretty much the white chocolate. Um, you know, he's he's one of those boxers that uh, that are coming up that should be getting their shot soon. Uh, you should watch him, Wes. Uh, he's he's pretty good. I, but I'd rather watch a fight of his while he's climbing up the ladder than. Robinson Paul, you know, and and it's it, it baffles me that one of these Paul brothers wants to fight Floyd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think in this modern era of the fight game, anyone would want to fight anyone, mm. right? Mm. Case in point: McGregor, Mayweather, uh, Paul, KSI, uh, and then the other two, and then of course uh, Logan Paul wants to fight Floyd. Connor wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. Uh, but, uh, next thing, I think, next I think thing you know, next thing you know, yeah. an election is going to be determined that way <laughs> by a boxing match. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but only Tyson Jones rules. Then it's not going to be fun. <laughs> at the end of the day, you still got. That means at the end of, for the, if it's the, for the electoral candidates, at the end of the day, you still got to vote. <laughs> okay. Which is important, folks, by the way. It is very important. Go out and vote. Well, not right now, because it's ended. But, uh... 
Okay. Okay, but, Wes. Oh, but predictions? Predictions. I think... <sighs> I mean, I'm still going to roll with Mike Tyson. Mm. Oh, well, for the, I, I thought about... I thought about... Uh, for the for the, uh, for the undercard. For the gonna, undercard. I'm going to roll with... Uh, hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like guys that do outlandish things on YouTube. So I'm yeah. gonna go with uh, Nate Robinson. I hope it's Nate Robinson. Uh, you remember that dream once in boxing where they wish people wish that middleweights would fight heavyweights? Mm-hmm. I, I think they're just trying to fulfill this kind of dream that was outdated. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, oh my gosh, like. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I'm. I'll probably. I mean, I'm gonna be forced to watch it because I want to see the the Tyson versus Jones. I want to see how it pans out. Um, Robinson Paul. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there any other undercards? Please tell me there's like official undercards to this match. Sure. Let me let me search that up for you while we are talking about it. Um, I know, I know. There's more than that than those two. Right. I, I can tell you that much. No, um, okay. No, no. To the people that are listening, it, you know, I mean, I will say that you know, boxing does have a history of of rigged fights before that were atrocious to watch. Right. Some fighters that were paid off to to take a uh, a knockout. Right. We've seen politicians fight in the ring. Um, and then they mysteriously knock out their opponents. Like, you know, this is pretty much boxing. It's it's political. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what to call this fight. I don't know what it is. All right. You ready? <laughs> yes. So after, so besides Tyson and Jones Jr. and Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson, we got Badu Jack versus Blake McKernan. Okay. Are those official boxers i think badu jack is i don't know who blake mckernan is okay <laughs> but but badu jack is 22 wins three losses three draws 13 knockouts blake mckernan has 13 wins zero losses six knockouts okay that's not bad that's not, I, I will watch that i will enjoy that fight and then the other fight is vidal riley four wins zero losses two knockouts mm-hmm. versus rashad coulter nine wins five losses coming from the ufc Mm, okay. And then the prelims are uh, Jermaine Ortiz, 13 wins, 0 losses, 7 KOs, versus Suleiman Segawa, 13 wins, 2 losses, 4 knockouts. Irvin Gonzalez Jr., 14 wins, 2 losses, 11 knockouts, versus Edward Vasquez, 8-0 with 1 knockout. And the last, or the first prelim, I guess I'm going end to beginning, uh, Giuseppe Cusimano, eighteen and three with sixteen KOs versus Gregory Corbin, fifteen and three with nine KOs. Hmm. I don't know most of those people. I don't know most of those people, but I will enjoy the fight. I will enjoy those fights. I, I can guarantee. You. But yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, Wes. Any more thoughts? Unboxing. That is all I have for tonight. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and I want to hear what you all think. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let us know in the comments down below. And, yeah, well, thank you so much, uh, Running Back Nation, for tuning in again. We will, we will be back next Friday. 
I know today is a Tuesday, but um, it should be up Thursday. A Thursday, my bad. Thursday. Today is a Thursday. Uh, it should be up uh, tomorrow uh, on Friday. But yes, we will be back in another week. Uh, we will be covering the Bahrain Grand Prix, and then we will be making our predictions on the second Bahrain Grand Prix. All right, sounds like a plan. Uh, for those living in the uh, United States, enjoy the holiday. For those around the world, yeah, happy have, a wonderful, have a wonderful, have a wonderful day, night, where whatever time it is. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> but yes, stay safe, take care of yourselves. All right, all right. and uh, make sure to keep it on track. Thank you. Thank you, guys.